Okay, guys, so today we're going to talk about the spiritual battle. So this is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Now, before I go into this passage, I, I kind of would like to start off by talking about the whole issue of spiritual warfare. This is what sometimes is known as spiritual warfare. And uh, so spiritual warfare, of course, is our engagement with evil in the world, as in fallen angels and so forth, demons, whatever you want to call them. So as we begin, maybe I should ask, do you have any concerns about this topic? You've had concerns or whatever. Has anybody ever had any concerns? Have you even given it any thought? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so you feel like it's there. You're just not sure what it is. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Okay. 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 All right. All right, John. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. So let me, before we look at what Paul says, so, so in Christendom today, okay, so when I say Christendom, I'm talking about Christianity throughout the world. There, there seems to be one of two extremes, okay? So, for instance, you could turn on the TV and some guy's talking about a demon of this and a demon of that, and you need to, you know, you, if you're having a weight problem, you need to just renounce that demon of fat. You know what I'm saying? Or if you've got a cigarette problem, you know, exercise that demon of nicotine or some, so forth. And, the, and you see that on TV or, or you hear people talk that way. And then there's the other extreme where there's no acknowledgement of anything. Like, oh, it's just a personification of evil. Uh, that's not even real. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So, uh, so a lot of times people are influenced in one way or the other to where they could be influenced, where, okay, there's no, there's no issue, I'm not going to even, why are we even talking about this, let's just go on, to the other extreme where you want to blame Satan for everything in your life, where I feel like I'm being attacked by Satan. I, and, and the attacks are real, and we're going to see that in a moment. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but it may not be what you think it is, okay? So like Tim, when you were mentioning, sometimes our biggest culprit is ourselves, Okay, so, and we'll talk about, I'll kind of mention as we go along how Satan attacks us, okay? Uh, scripture gives us some very clear things as far as how he attacks us, and it may not be what you think it is, okay? Uh, so we'll talk about that. So I want us to quote, if we're going to realize something, we need to realize, have a balanced view, okay? Meaning we recognize that it is real, and it's happening around us, and you are engaged in it whether you realize it or not. But also don't go to the other extreme of, ah, you're scared. Do you know what I'm saying? You're fearful. Because God doesn't want you to be fearful. And uh, so we're going to see that here in a moment. 
If you like reading, I'll, I'll, I'll recommend a book to you. It's by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. Okay? Now, it's, it's, it's his writing, but he gives some truths in it. It's kind of an interaction between two demons, a more superior demon with a young novice demon talking about how to deal with human beings, and he brings out certain truths. One of the truths that he talks about is get them distracted by thinking that we don't exist or that we're everywhere. What were you going to say, Lord? It is fiction, yes. It's not a theological book, but it has some good truths in there. Just kind of gives you, kind of balances everything out for you. So let's look at this together. We're going we're gonna to go through this. It's verses 10 through 18. And what I'm going to do is rather than read the whole passage to you, I'm going to read each section for you, okay? And so first we're going to focus on verses 10 and 11, okay? 10 and 11. And here is what Paul writes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, so let's take, this is a final encouragement. So how do I know it's a final encouragement? Well, we're getting to the end of the letter here, and he says, finally. So this is his last topic he's going to hit here, okay? Before he does his traditional uh, farewells, this is the last thing he's going to address with him. So Paul is moving towards concluding this letter with one final encouragement, okay? So he's moving towards wrapping this letter up, but he wants to give them one final encouragement. And what is that? What is that encouragement? He calls readers to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So he's telling you, okay, so he wants you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the first thing he launches out this conversation with. You be strong in your relationship with Jesus. Okay, so let's think about this, folks. As we talk about the spiritual battle we're in, the first thing he's telling you is you be strong in your relationship with Jesus, okay? And in the power of his might. Now, that word might refers to the power that overcomes resistance. That's what that word might, it's, it's a power that overcomes resistance. So he's saying you be strong in the power of God's might. It's the kind of might that overcomes resistance. You be strong. Now, why? Well, we're talking about Satan here. And, and by the way, can I, can I explain something to you? Satan is not the Holy Spirit. Okay? What do you mean by that, George? Well, where is the Holy Spirit right now? Yeah, inside of every believer in the world, right? So he's everywhere in every believer. So he's with ch believers in China. He's with believers here in the U.S. He's be believers in South America, over in Africa. He's within each one of us, right? Now, where's Satan? He's in the world, but where? Well, yeah, in the air, but where? Is he everywhere like God is? Well, no, he's not, a, not like that. He's only in one spot. That's exactly right. So, 
Yeah, he's not omnipresent. The word term is omnipresent. So when we say Satan, chances are it's not the Satan who's attacking you. you do, do you understand what I'm saying? He's got bigger fish to fry. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? It's, chances are when we say Satan, we're talking about, in a general sense, any kind of demonic fallen angel. There's lots of those. Yes. Fallen angels. So the reality is, is don't think of it in terms of Satan came after me today and he came after Rob and he's like everywhere coming after. No, it's Satan's fallen angels that are coming after you. Do you understand? So don't give him more power than what he has. All right? Don't give him more power than what he has. So here's how he attacks you. Satan attacks you in three ways. The first is temptation. The first way that he attacks you is tempting you. And let's be honest, Scripture very clearly tells us in Acts, in Acts there's the passage about the sons of Sceva, and there's these Jewish exorcists, they're trying to cast out a demon from this guy, and demons from this guy, and they said, we cast you out in the name of, of Jesus and of Paul. And the demons answer back to this guy. Jesus we know, and Paul we know, who are you? And they beat the clothes off the guy. You know what I'm saying? Now the word know there, we just have one word. In the Greek language in which it was written, it's two different words. Jesus we know by experience, meaning they know he's the son of God. Paul we know by observation. So they watch us. And so they know everything about you. So, do they know how to tempt you? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like a Google algorithm, isn't it? Knowing what, what ads to put up on your, on your phone or on, your, on a browser or something. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So, they, so, the first thing is, is they tempt you. Tempt you to what? Sin. Not do good. Okay. Second attack. Accusation. He accuses you. Accuses you of what? Give it into the temptation. And, and he plays the long game. What does that mean? He remembers stuff. So when he's accusing you, he might be accusing you of something that happened 20 years ago. Yeah, he's going to accuse you of something that happened today or last week, but he's bringing up stuff from before. Why is he doing that? To defeat you. So first, first line of attack is what? Temptation. Second line, accusation. Here's the third one, the third and final one. Lies. He lies to you. He is a liar, Jesus said. What does he lie to you about? He lies to you about God. He lies to you about everything else. He lies to you about the relationships in your life. Bruce has mentioned that I've said this before. Not every thought that you have comes from you. Do you realize that? Not every thought that you have comes from you. He's not in your mind, but he can sure whisper to you and put thoughts there. Do you understand? Because he's, he's whispering to you about the temptations, right? 
He's whispering to you about the accusations. He's whispering to you about lies, lies that are seeking to cripple you. So it's in the midst of this reality of who Satan is and how he attacks us, Paul comes along and says, hey, you be strong in the Lord. And you be strong in his might. And it's a might that resists. In fact, isn't that what he says in one other letter? Resist the devil and he what? He'll flee from you. Okay? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Now, so what does he do? He calls his readers to put on the whole armor of God. Now, he says that in verse 11. And he'll give us an explanation of what that is a little bit further in the passage. Now, why are we to put on the whole armor? Believers are to put on the are to do this in order to stand against the wiles or the scheme, schemes of the devil. You're to do this in order to protect yourself against the schemes. He told us this one other point. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Same word for schemes. Same word for schemes. We're not ignorant of his schemes. Basically, you and I need to be students of how he attacks you. What do you mean? Be aware of how he tempts you. Be aware of how he accuses you. Be aware of the lies. Paul's saying, unless he take advantage of us. See, let's stop for a moment. Can Satan possess a believer? John says no. Anybody else? No, Bruce, anybody else? No, Satan cannot possess you. You want to know why he can't possess you? You're already possessed. You're possessed by the Spirit of God. You are sealed by the Spirit of God, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that he can't, what, influence you, know how to push your buttons. Like, I, I can figure out what buttons to push with Rob here. Do you know what I'm saying? To get him started. You ever heard somebody say that at work? Let me get him started. You ever heard somebody say that? What does that mean? They know what to do to get him worked up. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what buttons to push with him. Satan and his minions are the biggest button pushers in the world. But he's saying, lest we be taken advantage of, we're not ignorant of his devices. So, okay, so believers are to put on the whole armor. Why? In order to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, we're going to talk about what that is here in a moment, okay? We're going to talk about what that is here in a moment. So now he kind of tells us that we're in a battle. Look with me at verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. All right, so here's what he's saying. Paul points out that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. All right, so you need to have a balanced perspective, and here's what you need to look. You're not just wrestling with people around you, neighbors who have attitudes, dudes at work who are constantly on you, somebody treating you wrongly over here. You're not just wrestling against flesh and blood, dealing with people. He's trying to get you to think beyond on a spiritual level. It's not just people, because sometimes it's like, man, why is that guy acting that way? 
Why is, why is he doing that? It just doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, here's what he says. Paul uses multiple descriptions to point out that we struggle with the spiritual forces of evil. We struggle with demons, fallen angels. And their sole purpose is to defeat you. That's their sole purpose. Do you understand? They want to make you inoperable. They don't want you to be living the life that you're supposed to live in Christ. They want to defeat your relationship. They hate God, therefore they hate you. Do you understand? So you are in a spiritual battle. All right, so realize that. So that brings us to the point now of the whole armor. So I want you to look with me. He's going to describe what it is, and I'm going to help you to understand what it is, okay? Look with me at verse 13 through 18. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore... Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you were able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay, so let me, before we get into to what he's saying here, I need to clarify some things here. Through the years, I've heard some very interesting messages about the armor of God. And sometimes I would hear a guy who's, he's not necessarily wrong, but he'll get up and he says, every morning I get up and I gird my waist with truth and I put on my breastplate of righteousness and I put on my helmet of, of the helmet of salvation and I, I have my shield of faith and I've got the word of God right here as a sword and I'm ready to do battle. And so I put on the whole armor each day. And what he was doing was, is he's trying to illustrate some truths. Now, here's what has happened, though. It's very easy, and sometimes I come across people like this, and they'll talk like, every morning, I put on the whole armor. Really? Yeah, I, I put on my helmet, I put on my belt, I got my breastplate on, I've got, and, and it's like they're, they're doing some kind of spiritual formula to make sure that they're going to be Okay. That's not what he's talking about here. Now, the best explanation I've heard, and I, I kind of agree with it, Paul at this point is a prisoner. Okay? He's a prisoner by who? Who's he imprisoned by? Rome. So he's probably being guarded, not probably, he is being guarded, probably chained to a Roman soldier. And so he's writing here, he often uses illustrations in his writings. He's trying to illustrate to them that they need to have certain truths in their life to stand in this battle. And what he does is he can just look right over to the guy he's chained to, and he sees a dude with a helmet, a breastplate, certain shoes on, he's got a sword, he's got a shield, and he's using that to illustrate 
certain things that you and I need to have a part of our lives to stand in this battle. And what's more important here for you as you're going to be in this battle is not that you get up in the morning and you act like you're putting on a helmet or you've got your shield. And if I see you walking through Walmart like this, I'll take you aside and say, yo, you can put your shield down. It's okay, okay? But you don't need to do that, okay? All right, you don't need to do that. Why? Here's the truth. We're going to look at them as we go along, okay? So let's look at this first. First of all, once again, Paul tells his readers to take up the whole armor. You're saying, well, he's telling us to. No, no, he's, te he's telling you what each part is. These are truths that you need to take up. These are truths. Okay, here it is. Why? Believers are to do this so that they can withstand Satan in the evil day. Withstand Satan in the evil day. What's the evil day, George? Well, the evil day refers to the hours of trial that each believer faces. When you face temptation, that's an evil day. When you face accusation, that's an evil day. When you face the lies, that's an evil day. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what he's referring here. You put on the whole armor. You put on these certain truths so that you can stand against him when he's lobbing stuff at you because you're in a battle. Okay? So let's look at it here. Here's what it is. Believers are to stand as they gird themselves with truth. That's the first thing, is that you don't make sure you got your spiritual belt on. You make sure you're grabbing a hold of truth as you face the world around you. Why? Because didn't I tell you what's the third way that Satan attacks us? Lies. You gird yourself with truth. What kind of truths, George? Truths about who you are in Christ. Truths about what Christ has done for you. You don't ever have to question whether or not Christ forgives you. Do you need to question that? Do you ever need to question whether or not he loves you? No. Do you need to question whether or not he accepts you? No. You, you just need to gird your waist. You need to gird yourself with truth. Here it is. Believers are to protect themselves with Christ's righteousness, not our own. So you put on a breastplate. That's a pretty good illustration of a main point because that guards the whole, your, all your vital organs, what's vital to you. And here's how you guard yourself. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Not our own but his. Now, isn't that interesting? Our natural reaction when somebody attacks us is to be what? Defensive. And if somebody's lobbing accusations at us, we tend to revert back to thinking about our own righteousness. Well, I'm not that bad. Yeah, I screwed up over here, but I've done many good things. And we, we try to justify ourselves by the things that we do, by our own righteousness. But the problem is, we already know from Scripture that all our righteousness is but as what? Filthy rags, right? It's not there. Whose righteousness do I have? Well, you and I have been given, it's called theologically, an alien righteousness. A righteousness that's not our own. Who's it from? Jesus. I can stand every day knowing that I am righteous before God, not because of myself, but because of who? Yeah, Jesus. 
This isn't about you and what you've done and haven't done. Do you understand? If you think that way, he's going to chop the legs out from underneath you. He's going to defeat you because sooner or later, he knows more about you than you remember. He remembers that stupid thing you did when you were 10 years old. And you're like, I don't even remember that. He does. Hello. <laughs> okay. So my point is, gird yourself with truth, truth, and then what? Put on that breastplate of righteousness, not your own, but Christ's righteousness. Okay, let's go on. The gospel provides believers with a readiness to stand. The gospel of peace. What is the gospel of peace? That's the message of the gospel. What is the message of the gospel? Jesus died for me. And dying for me, he paid the penalty for my sin. I am now reconciled with God. And by faith, I am now his child. And my standing is forever settled with him. And that provides a readiness for you to go on with life, just like shoes. Do you know what I'm saying? Just like shoes. So you, you stand in these truths, okay? You stand in these, these superior spiritual truths. Here it is. Believers are to protect themselves against the attack of Satan with faith in God. Now this is where it, this is really is. So he attacks you. How does he attack you? Temptation, accusation, lies. Faith is, as you're being attacked, and he's attacking you with the accusation thing. How do you know you're loved? How do you know Jesus loves you? How do you know he cares for you? Don't you remember what you did? Can't, he doesn't have any time for you. He hasn't been answering your prayers lately. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that he's doing this? And what you do is, is you hold on in the midst of the attack. You fend off the attack with your faith. Faith in who? Faith in Jesus Faith in God. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Faith in God. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So I, before the pool quit working at the Y, the heater quit working at the pool there, I used to go swimming. And one day I was really wrestling. I, was, I had somebody on my mind, somebody I was hurt, hurting for. And, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm swimming my laps and I'm, and I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about them. And... and uh, and, and I'm thinking about God. I'm like, God, I don't understand why, you, why, why you're not working in this person's heart, why you're not doing something here. And, 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 and so I'm, I'm actually, I'm wrestling with God while I'm swimming for a loved one. And then finally, as I'm swimming along, the thought occurred to me, you got it wrong, George. You got it wrong. You're thinking about God in a wrong way. He loves you. He loves that individual. And you need to trust him rather than thinking wrongly of him. And so I ended up being like, okay, Lord, my faith is in you. You're going to handle this situation. You're going to do this. So was I being attacked by wrong thoughts and, and everything? Yeah. But how did I withstand that attack? Faith. Faith in who? Myself? No. God and who he really is. Do you understand what I'm saying and how he acts? This is what I'm talking about, okay? Let's go on. 
Believers are called to protect their minds with the truths of salvation. Now, this is where it's interesting. So he makes a good illustration here when it comes to you and I processing salvation. He's talking about putting a helmet on. When you put a helmet on somebody, what are you protecting when you have a helmet on? Yeah, your head and your brain, okay? Your mind. So you protect your mind with salvation. How do I protect my mind with salvation? Understanding what salvation is. What is it? It's not of me. It's only of God. I couldn't do anything for it. He did it all for me. He died on the cross. I could never do that, pay that penalty. I, I, I was condemned. Now I'm free. He loves me. He, you know what I'm saying? And you can go on and on with the truths of salvation, and it guards your mind against what? Think about those big attacks. Temptation, accusation, what? Lies. Because you're guarding your mind with what? Truths about what he's done for you. Do, do, do you think, see what I'm saying? Getting up and imaginarily putting on a helmet isn't going to help you during the day. But resting in the truths of what? The salvation that I have? That'll guard you. That'll guard you. All right, let's go on. Points out that our weapon in the spiritual battle is the word of God. Did you notice when you read through the, uh, the, the temptations of Christ are in three of the Gospels? When you look at that, how did Jesus answer Satan each time he was tempted? Yeah, he quoted scripture. He quoted scripture. What was he doing? He was quoting truth. So, can I be honest with you? I, I, I get bothered by, and I'm not saying you guys do this, because I think you guys are great, so you wouldn't do this. But every once in a while, I meet somebody who kind of downplays the importance of reading their Bibles. And, and they're like, I don't need to do that. All that's important to me is I just pray. Yeah, I don't need to. Really? Really? It's your sword. It's like sending an American soldier into battle and saying, you don't need your rifle. You don't need your rifle. Just go take that hill, leave your rifle here. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't do the battle without your sword, without God's word. Scripture says, Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against thee. How do you guard against temptation? Hiding God's word in your heart. Hiding God's word in your heart. Okay? So the word. So then believers should be watchful and pray with every type of prayer. So pray with every type of prayer. Be watchful, be alert, and pray. Okay? Pray. That's the reality here. Pray. All right. <clears throat> Got a few moments. Questions. Thoughts. Yeah, everything. Yes. Like, what is that? Okay, so there's the type where you are, like, formal. And uh, you are, it's in your time, maybe... You, for me, it would be sitting in a chair and reading, and I'd say, oh, God. And i go through a form of prayer that I have used for years. But it could also be, oh, I'll give you an example. 
So right after I married Lori, I'm one of these southern guys who came up here not knowing what it is to be in the, in the north, okay? Especially in the winter. So I had a two-wheel drive blazer, Jimmy. So I told Lori, I'm going to run into Indiana, get something. And uh, it was a snowy day. So this is a two-wheel drive vehicle, okay? And so I go into town, and then I'm heading back, and I'm on 85 from home PA heading towards Plumville, and there's a little bit of a grade there. There's a dealership there, Griffith Auto, that is run by Lori's Cousins. And I'm going down, and I'm just cruising along really slow because it's snowing and it's slick out, and I just feel the rear end of that, of that uh, blazer just kick out for me. And before I know it, I'm, I'm spitting. And there's lots of ditches everywhere, and I'm just scared. And I cried out, Jesus! Like in, help me, God. You know what I'm saying? And I went in right into the driveway of the, of the dealership, got on that gravel, and I was okay. Drove up in there, walked in, talked to her cousin. He's like, man, you look like you're white. What happened? And I told him what happened. That's a prayer. So every kind of prayer, John, everything, not just formal prayer, not on your knees, it could be whatever, any kind of prayer could be words. Sometimes he says, uh, we get to the place where we don't even know how to pray. We groan. Isn't that what he talks about? We, we groan within ourselves. Because sometimes you don't know how to pray, right? But the Spirit takes over for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Spirit takes over for Because we don't know how to pray about everything. So every kind of prayer. The point is, you are in communion with him throughout the day. Okay? All right? Yes, Jean. Great, wonderful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So every every kind of prayer. So think about it. The two things he's telling you that are offensive in this battle. Okay, you gotta have all this this truth that you're guarding yourself with. But it's the word of God and what? Prayer. Praying. Praying. That's what it is. Anybody else with a question or a thought? Okay. All right, I'll see you. Uh, that's like with different religions, how they pray differently. That's, 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 that's iconic. Like you have like Catholic, they do prayer beats. You know, they do the praying with, with the, with the, with the, what do you call it, with the cross, everything, the prayer beats. <laughs> uh, uh, so is that kind of like what you mean by every kind of prayer? Like, no. They pray like that? No, that's not what he's saying. It's not talking about how the Catholic used the, the rosary. He's not talking about that, Okay. Because at that point, they didn't have a rosary, okay? So, uh, nor is he talking about how other religions pray. And, and by the way, Catholicism is not another religion. It's a form of Christianity. It's an ancient form, okay? So, we don't want to call it another religion. Just like Methodists are not another religion, okay? So, basically, when he's talking about prayers, he's talking about formal types of prayers, non-formal, that kind of thing, okay? He's not talking about rituals that you go through, okay? All right? Dottie, what were you going to say? Yes. Yes. 
Um, okay. I, I, we cannot say that that is specifically Satan doing that. But what we can say is, is that's part of a culture that Satan influences. Because in a lot of these instances, some of those folks were having mental, mental health crises that they were going through and doing that. Okay, now was that satanic? No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, sometimes it could be a chemical imbalance in people. Sometimes depression. Sometimes there's a lot of things that are going on. Now, does Satan have an influence over all that? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's interesting. I was thinking about it this morning before I came over. When Jesus comes back, okay, so if we go to Revelation chapter 19, he defeats the Antichrist, casts the Antichrist, the false prophet, directly into the lake of fire. Thus begins the millennium. At the beginning of the millennium, who is bound with a chain and cast into the abyss for a thousand years? Satan. And after that, it is 1,000 years of what? Peace. The accuser, the murderer, the liar is bound. And we have 1,000 year peace with Jesus. Now, at the end of that 1,000 years, Satan is released. What happens immediately? A multitude greater than any kind of multitude of people in the world will gather, rise up against Jesus in Gog and Magog. And it's going to be a battle, but it ain't going to be a battle. Because fire comes down from heaven, consumes them all. And when that happens, we enter into the great white throne judgment. Do you understand? So, yes, there is a satanic influence of what's going on. But when people appear before Jesus, so when those folks appear before Jesus, okay, they're not going to say, the devil made me do it. That's not going to hold up. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's they did it. Now, was there a satanic influence over Hitler? Probably, yes. Stalin, yes. Mao, yes. But who's responsible for what they did and the genocides they committed? They are. Yeah, yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? So what I would say is, yes, when we look at that, we see evil. And we see the influence of Satan. But I wouldn't say it's directly him, it's indirectly. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's creating the culture, the atmosphere with what's going on, okay? But let's be honest. He lies to us, he tempts us, he accuses us. That's his main direct attacks with us. That's with all humanity. With people, we're bad. Paul tells us, in a, remember back to Ephesians 2, you who were dead were what? You were led by your flesh, led by the world and the culture and the way it goes, by principalities, powers of the air, by Satan, influences there. Do you understand? It's, it's people are doing this, okay? People are doing this. And they're bad. We're evil, okay? Unless we know who? Jesus, okay? And did that help you? Okay. Anybody else? Got more time for one more question. That's one of his tricks, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he... Yeah, when he's tempting, when you look at the temptations of Jesus, he's quoting scripture. Does it not say that if you, your angels will catch you up? And, I mean, he quotes scripture. 
Okay? So he knows the Bible better than you do. Okay? So you have to be, you know, you have to be aware. Now, do I want you now to put on your invisible helmets of salvation today and walk around with your shields as you're, you know, what's pe people are going to come in. What are you doing? I'm, I'm watching. Do I want you to be panicked? Oh, no, I want you to live your life normal, but be aware. And rest in what? Truths that are illustrated by what? The whole armor of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Rest in the whole armor. And what? Know God's word and pray. Best passage in the world is Job chapter 1 and 2. Why? In there, Job records, or whoever wrote Job records, an interaction in heaven where the, the angels come and give a report and Satan shows up. And God says to him, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan says, oh, it's because you're protecting him. And God says, oh, okay, well, you can touch him, but don't touch his life. So chapter one, he takes everything he has. Chapter two, you can touch him, but don't, don't kill him. And he ends up what? On an ash heap with boils. Satan can only touch you as God allows him to touch you. And he always allows him to touch you for his purpose. Do you understand? Rest in that. So what? Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. 